Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Lumia. And we're super passionate about all things coaching, and we want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training thousands of life coaches. Let's dive into the science and magic of coaching. On today's episode, what happens when coaches give advice? This is a very, very common topic. Noelle, Hello. Good morning. How are good morning. You? I'm well. I also feel like this is a topic that is one of the things that people's minds are just blown when they come into coach training because yeah. there's this idea, there's a mystique that coaches are these sage people who give advice. I'm a coach. You're a coach. What say you about this? Well, um, it makes sense because usually – giving really good advice is what got us here. Meaning people around us have told us that you're really good at giving advice or helping people, yeah. you know, and then suddenly we're um, now pursuing coaching and we think giving advice is how to do it because that's what we've been doing. Absolutely. And it's, you know, I love you and I love me. And also I don't know that I want to be giving anybody advice anymore ever. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know um, the the art and science of coaching the way that it's supposed to work is so much more interesting and it mm -hmm. creates um, so much more space than exploration. If you think about what advice does, you know, if someone has an issue and they get an answer thrown at them, kind of like a slingshot, it really shuts down all possible exploration. And coaching is actually based on the idea of, well, what happens when we ask questions? And there's this really beautiful concept that the art of a question, the mm -hmm. act of asking a question itself creates space for a solution to be found. Yes. I think advice, uh, even if it's amazing advice, and, and a lot of people are really good at giving advice, but just in, in general, I think advice makes things narrow because the advice is coming from one person you know, uh, your set of lenses, your story and all that. Um, and then when you ask questions, it becomes wide. And so in that expansion, there is more room for answers, for insight, for revelations and a lot of stuff to happen. Absolutely. And there's another layer to it that is not easily visible, but I think is really important to unpack. And that's the role of power dynamics in coaching. And the idea of what it means when you're a client, when you give up control over your mm. own life to someone who's going to tell you what to do. And we've all been there in a position where, where we literally just want someone, anyone, just tell me what to do, make my decision for me, because that feels so nice and comforting, yeah. but it actually does you a disservice. And then as a coach, it's not... Um, equitable to be passing information to a client as if you are an expert in their life. Mm -hmm. And what coaching is truly is a strategic partnership between two people where coach and client examine the issue co-equally and, mm. and each give their perspective. Well, what do you see? Well, what do you see? And so we want to be aware that we don't want to dismantle this strategic partnership and and disrupt what should be a very equal exchange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I, I love what you said about the dynamic of the relationship because if you are someone who is always giving advice, um, you are now 
kind of coming at your client or, um, you know, more acting like uh, some kind of uh, kind of professor, maybe standing behind the podium feeling um, the most powerful relationships are usually when you're coming with your client. Uh, and also as a coach, if you think that you're supposed to have all the answers, um, it's not sustainable because the pressure of that is going to sink you. Absolutely. And that's where your skill as a coach comes into play. I was talking with um, a student who had just joined our program and he said, well, what happens when you run out of questions as a coach? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you ask your client, what else is there to know? <laughs> is there's always more, you know, the forest of the interior of people are, are so deep. There's always more terrain to explore when we're getting into the human psyche. Yeah. Um, something I think it's important to touch on here is that just because we're saying as a coach, you don't want to give advice. You want to create a co-equal partnership with your client. Um, that doesn't mean that as a coach, you're not invited to the party to share your observations. Mm -hmm. Not at all. If we're actually thinking about what a strategic partnership is and why it's valuable, it's in the diversity of ideas. And there are so many different ways that as a coach, you can bring uh, your ideas to the table. I think brainstorming is mm. a really great example of that. What have you experienced in your sessions with clients when you have partnered to kind of figure out something? Uh, the word collaboration, you know, I give a lot of homework um, when I'm coaching and uh, the homework isn't something that I, I, I pass out. I, I can suggest, but usually it's what do you think the homework should be? Let's talk about this together. And so when you're collaborating, you're actually empowering your client to um, make her own decisions and create uh, solutions herself instead of uh, taking something from you. Yes, a hundred percent. And and that's one of the benefits of the coaching process is that over time, your client begins to get in touch with their own capacity for decision making, right? And when as a coach, we're constantly inviting our conversation, inviting our client to the conversation to share their view, asking our client, well, what did you think about what I just shared? Or well, what would you do in this situation? Or, or what do you see? In this situation, um, you're, the client is gaining a repeated experience that uh, their voice is valid. Not and only that, that but uh, you're, you're getting them to not see you anymore. That's the goal, right? The getting them yeah. to learn how to um, make decisions and, and sort things out on, their, on, the, on giving them tools. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when I think, too, when coaching client can get to a place where both are sharing their own experience in the session, their own mm -hmm. um, intuition in the session. And that's something that comes with coaching mastery that young coaches might be hesitant to do. But have you ever been talking with somebody in session and you've gotten tingles? <laughs> tingles. Describe the tingles, where they're coming from. Like, like, like chills because there's magic happening? Yeah, chills because there's magic happening yeah. or, you know, someone says something and you just have this like feeling like, yes, like, yes, yes. you yes. know, finally, yes. Um, or no, bad idea, no, mm -hmm. you know, just mm -hmm. like your body reacts. 
Um, they usually happen for me after the session. Usually really? after the session, uh, I get uh, quote unquote tingles. Uh, I also have a lot of revelations about myself. Um, I take away a lot of things from the session. Um, but yeah, usually after the session, I, I get a feeling of how it went, um, especially running a group session. Those are the ones that are really powerful for me. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I tend to have a lot of physical experiences in session. Mm. And I was, as I was going through advanced coach training, something that was really surprising to me is that the emotions and physical sensations that we experience as a coach are part of the information that we should share with our clients. Mm. Um, I was having a session yesterday where my client was um, explaining what they were experiencing early on in dating someone. Mm -hmm. And as my client was describing the situation, I just got this like gross sick feeling. And I was like, oh, this, this feels like a red flag. And as my client went on with the story, they ended up, you know, ending the relationship. And I, I shared, I said, I have to tell you that as you were really telling me what was going on, I didn't feel good. Like that was mm. a, a real red flag for me. And that was mm -hmm. an opening in the conversation um, to talk with my client about, well, what does a red flag look like? How, why did I have that physiological response? What were the physiological responses that the client was having? And it led mm -hmm. to this, you know, whole world of exploration because I had shared my experience versus saying, you know, that's a bad idea. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing to point out is, um, no, you're not supposed to give advice, but you, you can share your experience. It's what makes you human. That kind of um, shared experience uh, produces this kind of trust, this kind of glue. Uh, it makes the relationship real. And so that's one thing you can do. And I think that's um, something that, that uh, people should be aware of is that in coaching, you know, even you being transparent and saying, hey, I feel something kind of strange or I don't I feel yucky. There's something going on. Uh, no, that's not advice, but that's a great way to um, guide, to start a conversation, to connect, to, you know, all of those things. So you can do that things. for sure. A hundred percent. And, and, you know, alongside of the fact that we're helping our clients get in touch with their own capacity to be the directors of their own life, to make the mm -hmm. decisions, to answer the questions, we're also helping our clients get in touch with how to evaluate the world around them. And when we give advice and we don't drill down on our sensory capacity in a session, that's when we get really kind of, we miss so much with our clients in partnership with our clients about what's, what's possible. So even just getting into like, so I have a couple different sets of data to think about, um, and I'll, I'll give you a preview and then we can touch on them. So the first one is um, environmental data, mm. like what's in somebody's environment. Another one is relational data, looking at specific relationships. A third area is looking at the difference between feelings and facts. And finally, there's, you know, intuition. Mm -hmm. So as we're kind of breaking this down and saying, okay, well, how are all of the different ways that a coach can help a client get in touch with looking at their own capacity? When we think about their environment, so I'm in Philadelphia, you're in California. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's going on outside your garage. 
If I were doing a session with you right now, all I would be able to figure out is exactly what's in front of me, but mm -hmm. you have access to the world behind the camera. Uh, I don't know if there are still chickens. I don't know if there are still mm -hmm. parrots. I don't know, you know, Logan is growing so much every day. Is she riding a motorcycle yet? Like these are all the things that I, I, can't access. And so I have to rely on you through questions to say, well, what's in our environment? And then beyond that, what are your physical sensations mm -hmm. within this environment? How do you mm -hmm. feel when you leave your garage and walk into your kitchen? Um, and, and these are the only the things the client can answer. And if we don't take the time to kind of delve through and ask those questions, we miss out on, um, on a huge amount of data. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying. So, um, if you're not asking questions, you're probably defaulting to speculation, to assumptions. Um, you're not getting enough of that, uh, data. Yeah. hundred percent. And there's a really fun one I wanted to bring up because you and I both do work as coaches in the realm of relationships. And I don't know if you've ever gotten into this one. So we know that smell, is a really powerful player in the world of like pheromones and datings and relationships. Mm. Have you ever asked one of your clients like what they smell when they're no, with someone? That's a, that's a really interesting question. I love that. No, I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever. And what does it, what does that smell mean? What does that smell remind you of? What, how does that, yeah. What's the feeling? Yeah. Do you like? like the way your partner smells is mm. like a basic, you know, question because we know yeah. that typically when people are, are a good pheromone match, like there's, there's something in there with that smell. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. That itself can be a whole session. It really could be yeah. along with sound tonality. So, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the tone mm -hmm. of people's voices, voices really yeah. rubs people yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. And so yeah. like, it, and so that's something to explore with your clients, but that's the only, they could bring that sensory information. You know, we mm -hmm. would never be able to access it as coaches, colors, sound, tone, touch, you know, like, like how does that go? And so, you mm -hmm. know, just kind of taking that, that sensory aspect, there's so much work that we can do. Yeah. I love that more and more information. Yeah. And then looking at, okay, so that's environment. And then relational um, is the characteristics of a relationship. And is this relationship adding to or detracting from the quality of life? This can be a friendship. This can be a mm. partnership. This can be a romantic mm -hmm. partnership. This can be a business partnership. This can be, you know, anything, right? Um, if we're giving advice around relational data, this is one of the areas as a coach where you have to be really careful because it's impossible for you to say, this is how you should think, feel, or experience your relational right. life without being biased. Immediately, your own biases are going to yeah. come into play as a yeah. coach because you have your own map of the world. Yeah, you got to ask the client, what is this relationship like? Is it lopsided? How does, how does it make you feel? Why is it important? Um, all of that. You can't, these aren't questions that you could even ask, you can, you can, that you can answer yourself in no. any way. Yeah. No, you never could. No. Um, and, and this is another place where we have to ask a lot of questions to determine if our, our clients have any bias. Um, mm -hmm. 
something that comes up for helping practitioners, you know, all the time, whether it's a client or a coach or a therapist or, you know, whatever, the, the gamut of helping professionals is in our society, um, most people, unless they've actually done a lot of work to overcome it, have a bias preference towards men over women. Mm-hmm. And, and this happens often in, in coaching and relational settings where there's this unconscious bias, well, shouldn't the preference be given to the man or, you know, mm-hmm. shouldn't, isn't it better to have X currency in your life? Um, and so that's something I wanted to call out as like a, a really common bias set that comes yeah. through yeah. and for folks to think about it and evaluate it. Have you ever experienced that or? I could see that. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, obviously uh, uh, the word patriarchy comes to mind. Um, Also, depending on how you grew up, who was the, you know, um, the one that was barking orders, maybe it was dad, the leader, school. So like almost like this underlying programming that um, your coach should be a man or a male coach will be better or no more. Um, You may not even be aware of that. I do think things are changing, of course, which is a good thing. Um, I, I also think with, um, um, women coaches, if you are a woman going through certain things, um, the man's just not gonna, they can empathize, but they're not gonna, uh, uh relate, uh, they're, you, you're, you're going to relate more to, um, and, and maybe it's not even a gender thing. You're going to relate to someone who has, uh, some kind of overlap with your story, you know? Um, I, I get a lot of people that come to me cause I'm Asian American or cause I'm Korean, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, kind of what you're, you're peeling back is, is that's why coaches ask questions is because yeah. if you find yourself in a situation where you're like, wow, the difference between us doesn't allow me to empathize or understand mm-hmm. your experience fully. Mm-hmm. I really need to ask questions to get in there because I can't possibly understand how you make meaning of the world given your experience. A lot of, um, I ran a men's retreat a while ago and, uh, you know, for men, um, them sitting in front of another man uh, is very powerful because they're mm-hmm. almost not even used to that unless it's in the setting of competition or work or, you know, so like just to be vulnerable uh, in front of another man, um, that can be the prescription. So, yeah, yeah, it can be. And that can also be really scary, I imagine, yeah. too. Yeah. I, I saw um, something the other day to the effect that you know, most men are only given flowers at their funerals. Mm, yeah, that's true. Right. And I just made a note to myself to start giving all of the men in my life flowers mm. because they deserve it. And, you know, and, and that type of thing where, you know, as, as a woman socialized to understand, you know, patriarchal society is a negative, I really need to work on turning my empathy cord when I, when I work with clients who identify as men to be Mm. like, well, well, how does that feel for you Mm. to be in that position? What are the deficits it creates for you, you know, emotionally? And I can't, and, and I have this bias where I just assume men are fine and that's not the case at all. Right. Yeah. And also as a man, um, accepting flowers, that could be a challenge, you know, uh, because, uh, it's going to say something about you if you, you know, So, yeah. 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 All right. So let's get into um, feelings versus facts. This is Mm -hmm. something that we talk about often. Yeah. Yeah. And 
as coaches, you know, sometimes we're listening to someone and we we see the picture and we see the strategy and we're like, oh, you know, here's what you should do, right? But number one, that's not necessarily true. You can't say that. And number two, but your client is having all of these feelings. Mm-hmm. And so they might not be able to, to see the facts. And even if you shared your strategic plan, like you still have to get through, well, is this feeling telling you the truth or not? How do you deal with that as a coach? Well, I think helping the client first um, and foremost, uh, separating, you know, sorting out what is a feeling and what is actual uh, factual. Um, Of course, we can, that can be a very blurry line. And because we feel something, we feel like uh, it's true when that is not the case. And suddenly we're living in a lot of uh, distorted thought. And I think that's when we really fall into that slippery well, you know, and uh, we can't get out of our heads and, then it contributes to worse feelings and then worse thoughts in the cycle. So here's where I want to go with this one, because I don't have an answer. And I thought between the two of us, we might be able to figure it out is, okay, so we know that feelings aren't facts. We know Mm -hmm. that oftentimes our feelings based on memory will lead us um, to develop a view of the world that's not necessarily authentic or in our interest or real. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you it's like me being able to do box jumps, right? Like I'm perfectly capable of it, but I'm scared when I stand in front of that box that I can't do it, that I'm going to fall, whatever. And so my feeling prevents me from actually taking action. Right. What's the difference between that and intuition and how, how do we know and how can we tell? Mm. I think uh, the, the difference between, so what's the difference between, um, feelings versus facts or feeling what fear and then um the difference between that and intuition yeah your intuition where because there there have been times when i'll have like a genuine sense of knowing about a situation i think intuition with that there's a layer of something greater than you i think intuition there's something greater than this kind of current fear that you're feeling uh there's a knowing and there's a, a a power in that knowing Instead of um, for using the box jump example, that's just a very kind of logical fear. You're, yeah, you're feared. You have a, you're you're scared you're going to fall off the box or get hurt. You know, that's not like a. Uh, it's not. It's a. It's a. It's. I think it's like a two dimensional fear, not like a uh, some kind of greater than you uh, intuitive fear. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a great point. That when we're we're looking at feelings and facts, like there's logic to a feeling sequence. Like Mm -hmm. if you've lost something of value to you, you'll feel sad. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to fall, you'll feel fear. But -hmm. sometimes with intuition, there isn't a logic sequence attached. There's no reason why you would say to yourself, I shouldn't turn left today. I should go right, you know? Um, And then you avoid, you know, an accident. And, and that, that I think is, is a really important thing for coaches to be able to drill down on and be aware of, that we really need to get in there and listen to the client and from a multidimensional perspective to say, well, where is this coming from? Is this a sense of knowing? Is this Mm. a logical feeling sequence? Are there facts that we want to evaluate so that you can kind of swim, swim through it? Yeah. You know, and a a good place to start is patterns, you know, Um, what are the patterns in the client's story? When uh, has a client uh, felt something that was intuitive and uh, that was the right call how many times or, or when uh, has it just been um, distorted thinking or uh, feeling something and believing something's true because of how she feels. Yeah. 
Yeah. 100%. Beautiful. Well, this was an awesome conversation. Yes. And I uh, I hope anyone out there listening today learned something and will, even in your personal life, step yeah. away from giving advice because questions and exploration is so much more powerful. I was going to say that, yeah, even if you're not a coach, uh, just in your personal life with your friends, family, uh, it, with yourself, when you're having conversations with yourself, instead of telling yourself what to do, ask yourself questions, create, create um, a, um, more of a wider landscape. So uh, things that you didn't even think about can appear in your, and you'll have more insight and revelations. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training, and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.